that uh, we are measuring exactly what we wanted to hire. I dig it. I like how it was fresh out of the oven. Penny, how about you? If something was cooking in the oven this last year, what is going to change this year when it comes to scaling people? I'd have to agree uh, with Vesela that learning and development is it. I feel that, you know, for so many years in industries, people get always really wrapped up in it just being like recruiting new. Um, but I feel that doing that day in, day out uh, is not yielding the type of results that people are looking for longer term. So yeah, for us here at Ecobee in Toronto, that's a massive focus. So how can we develop the folks that we have and, you know, not just necessarily say, you know, what course conference training can I send you to, but also looking at, you know, overall potential for how that person can, you know, be in a different team and, you know, learn those different skills and really create those opportunities for them. I think we're getting better at doing that at Ecobee for sure. We've had a few, uh, you know, people make some like, I'd say like pretty radical shifts in the jobs that they've had, but it's just like keeping that going and keeping that top of mind um, as opposed to, you know, scaling as in hiring external. Interesting. I was hanging out with a friend over the new year and he looked at me and said, you know, it's not a new year. It's just another day. And I think that's an interesting point when it comes to thinking about scaling and it's a new year and you think to start fresh and it's like, all right, let, let, let's start fresh. But at the same time, you've had years that is built upon experience and what you've learned and what needs to happen. So it's interesting to see that your resolutions are based on what has been learned. And it's a different mindset than just like scrapping what didn't work last year and starting fresh. So it's not a new year. It is just another day. And yes, this, and this, this is a, another podcast of the scale up heroes. Now we had a ton last year. We're going to kick off this year with a full female panel and Mike as our moderator. And on this podcast, if you haven't been familiar with it, or if this is your first exposure to it, or if you're seeing it on YouTube or you're hearing it on some sort of podcast stream, it is the place where we bring the scale-up heroes. Now, scale-up is different than startup because scale-up means that you've already got funding, you're past some of the drama of the startup phase, but you have your own new drama when it comes to scaling. And that means putting people into seats. That means scaling programs, scaling engineering, scaling finance. And today we're going to talk about where it all starts, which is scaling people. The people behind the programming, the people who are interacting with each other, the salesmen, the saleswomen, the leaders, the managers, how do you scale and how do you hire the right people? Now, all of these are going to be on uh, the website, scaleupacademy.io, if you want a taste of more. Now, my name is Ryan Fullen. I'm going to be your host. I'm the person that kicks it off, gets the energy going. I will be taking notes the whole time, maybe chirping in, and at the end, I will package it all together. Uh, what I do during the day is I'm a global keynote speaker. I love traveling the world, meeting with people and helping them to condense their messaging so that things are less confusing. And there's nothing more confusing than hiring the right people. So Mike, I'm going to let you take it away and lead this awesome panel as we learn how to scale, hire the right people so that we can continue to grow. Take it away. Perfect. Thank you, Ryan. And uh, Happy New Year to our audience. And thank you so much to our panelists today to sharing your experience with us. So with us, we have um, Vesela uh, Crisel, the head of HR at Simple Assurance based in Berlin, and Pini Faringa, uh, the VP of HR at Ecobee based in Toronto. So thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, let's start to get to know yourselves and what you are doing. So Vesela, would you like to, to start? 
Hi, Mike. Thanks. Uh, first of all, Happy New Year to everyone. Looking forward for a fantastic 2019. And yes, it's my pleasure to start. My name is Vesela Crystal. I am uh, head of HR at Simple Assurance. Um, personally, I'm a psychologist, coach, trainer, and a passionate person about people. Um, therefore, I was very happy uh, when I was invited to join uh, Simple Assurance five months ago, uh, seeing that uh, it's a company for six years already on the market, being founded by Robin von Hein, uh, with the main idea to show how insurances in such a um, very um, strict and uh, very well-established business can actually move into tech and make insurances very simple, very easy, a lot of fun for us who, uh, who actually help it, but also very useful for the people nowadays, moving them from life insurances or car insurances, where is the tradition more or less, into insuring um, what we actually love the most, let's say our smartphones or um, our tablets or any, anything that we consider is really important for us. Currently in the company are working more than 150 people. We are 35 plus nationalities, extremely international, very diverse also in terms of uh, age, experience. We are mainly sitting here in Berlin, uh, where currently is uh, one of the biggest uh, startup, but also scale up hub um, in Europe. And I'm happy to say that uh, just two months ago, we opened our first um, international, so to say, office in, um, in Japan. Wow, that one I didn't know. Congratulations. That's great yes, news. Thank you very much. New challenges ahead. So perfect. Welcome. Looking forward to, to get to know more. And um, yeah, Pinin, uh, what about you? And hope that I'm pronouncing well your name. We didn't yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yes, definitely. So yeah, uh, my name is Penny Farina. I'm the VP of HR here at Ecobee in Toronto. I've been at Ecobee for nearly three years. And when I joined, there were 100 employees. So, you know, relatively smaller Toronto tech company. Uh, flash forward to today, we're over 500 people. Uh, today is a very big day at Ecobee because we had the biggest group of new hire starts uh, join us today. So we had over 45 people start today, um, which is wild. Um, several co-op students because it's a new uh, co-op term in schools. So yeah, uh, Ecobee as a company, what we do is we create uh, home automation um, devices for your house. Um, we have a smart thermostat um, that uh, is well known, our Ecobee 4, and uh, you know more to come on that front. Uh, and then we also have smart light switches. Both of them have an Amazon Alexa built into them. So it's a whole new way of how to live and operate in your house through a whole connected home. And uh, yeah, you know the future is very bright at Ecobee, I guess pun intended, given our light switch uh, manufacturing. But uh, you know our goal is to become you know number one in this space. And you know we're definitely pioneers because when we created our smart thermostat, nothing like that had ever existed on, um, you know, in the market before. But what I really love about Ecobee is our overall uh, mission. And what we're here for is, you know, ultimately not just creating great devices that are beautiful in your home, but have a really positive impact in the environment as well. So reducing our carbon footprint in, uh, you know, many ways. 
Awesome. So yeah, very uh, interesting companies who are really scaling uh, both of them. So and uh, and let's let's take, keep the conversation, Penny, uh, about before going deeper into the topic, hiring the right people. So you know, scaling uh, a company has different challenges in the in in the people side of the business or from a people function perspective, what have been or what are the main challenges that you have been facing uh, after the company uh, passed the 100 headcount um, um, barrier, let's say? Yeah. I'd say the challenges here at Ecobee that I faced when we were 100 people versus 500 people, um, you know, there's still like a th- similar thread, but we've evolved in many ways. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, we have learned from the past and, you know, kind of how we need to get up to speed. But yeah, when I started, I'd say, you know, the scaling problems were more so, um, you know, I think the common things at a hundred point that it's like getting everyone in lot, like aligned to who we need to hire and when, and really kind of making a work back schedule of, you know, if we want to launch, you know, this new product, who do we need? How is it all going to work? What is the communication? Those types of things. Whereas, you know, the scaling problems that we face when we're 500, um, you know, are still that we've got a lot better at that. So those things have been really worked out. But, you know, at 500 people, the scaling types of concerns that pop up at Ecobee are more so related to, um, you know, how to develop our people along with not just developing our product roadmap, but it's like, how can we continually, um, you know, hot, like retain all these amazing people. We've hired so many people in the last like two and a half years that, you know, you want to make sure that when people are coming, they're not just coming for, you know, a set job, but they're coming for a long-term career path. So I think it's changing that mindset that it's not just, you know, how to recruit and when to recruit and how to get them kind of aware of Ecobee even in the beginning, but, you know, how to develop those people in a meaningful way. May it be through, you know, leadership opportunities of technical leadership or people leadership um, or, you know, completely, you know, changing the focus of what their work is. But, you know, really digging into the learning and development sides. And I think that those are the scaling parts at 500 that if you continue to kind of wash and repeat that, you know, what you did at 100, I think it makes it really hard to, you know, get to 500 or a thousand or beyond um, if you're not modifying what you did. Very, very interesting. And uh, and we have agreed that we would cover the retention part in another podcast, because just to assure that we cover how to attract the right people at the right pace for the right seats, it's already hard enough to cover in 40 minutes. Uh, but yeah, would love to have you back, Penny, to, to discuss uh, how do you guys are retaining people and challenging people to move to new uh, opportunities. And you were talking about learning and development, and I thought immediately about a conversation that I had with Vesela um, in, in Berlin uh, some weeks ago, uh, where you won um, an award uh, putting together a learning and development program, right? Yes. Um... With my previous company and previous team, currently actually very good uh, friends, not only professional, but also personal. Uh, we won uh, Best in Innovative Talent Management Program for Asia Pacific. Uh, this was uh, in the beginning of 2017. Um, uh, back then, uh, it was based on, uh, on a system how you retain people across nine offices. 
Um, this was a big challenge and very interesting, but I cannot agree more with Penny that uh, talking about hiring, it should be always related to developing people because they go hand in hand. So um, when I got the invitation to participate in this talk today, I was thinking, how do we actually make, um, draw the line between these two? Because um, even starting from a, so to say, simple conversation with the candidate without showing the development, how they can, um, how they can see themselves. Um, in the future in the company and how we see them um, in the company, it is very difficult to actually persuade them start. And um, since um, nowadays more and more uh, companies and managers are realizing that it's not just a cliche, but people are indeed the most important asset of the company. And without them, without uh, training them, um, then the company cannot uh, reach the, the levels of uh, whether it's performance, whether it is uh, revenue um, uh, of what is actually uh, promised, promised to the company, promised to board members, promised to investors, um, or even to ourselves. Uh, so they definitely go together. And um, I think there is a very close, close connection. Got it. Kind of getting to know what is the mission, vision, values, uh, what we stand for, etc., uh, etc. Et so, and, and what have been the main challenges that you that you recognize in your path um, leading uh, people? Um, shall I continue? Sorry, Mike. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, well, I recognize that it's, um, it was getting difficult to, to persuade uh, managers and in general the organization to, to plan people according to their future and not for the current role that they're needed in the company. Um, I recognize also not only me, but sharing also with uh, many other colleagues, asking about how do you see this position? How do you see this person developing or doing the, so to say, opportunistic hirings where you see a fantastic person, bright personality, someone that can be developed, someone with potential, um, and then trying to persuade the hiring manager that this person is the right person, um, that this person can develop the, um, the position or even the team in the future. Um, I think that was one of the main challenges uh, to get the managers on board. And then um, when they're persuaded, sometimes it is with a lot of talks, sometimes it is with um, direct examples, or if you get really happy and lucky um, to hire someone, someone and uh, be able to develop them, then I think it is the, um, the nicest part, or let's say the luxury part, where together um, you develop the way how to hire people and make a very smooth transition to how to develop people. Because I believe also um, people development is not part of uh, HR job. We are only the support there. But it is the managers who realize, who observe people. They are those who also um, take care of the people and help them scale. Got it. So in, in a nutshell, if I could summarize and please correct me if, if I'm wrong, um, Penny believes that the alignment is one of the main issues and of course also how to retain people and uh, think about the long-term opportunities that we can offer to them. And Vesela, you, you believe also that this is the, the developing talent part of the job that should be owned by the leaders of the team and of those people, but with the support and maybe with some feedback or uh, from, from yourself. Um, yeah. Perfect. And um, maybe we, come, we, we go to, to the next um, question that I'd like to ask you. So uh, 
nowadays we discuss a lot um, the talent acquisition uh, sub function or the recruitment function and there is some discussion uh, also doing some research uh, between the difference between talent acquisition and, and recruitment and penny what what is your view uh, on that and i know that ryan would have a question later uh, in, in this perspective yeah so I'm happy to discuss this one. I think it's interesting. When I started off my HR career, I had an internship. Um, and I remember in this internship, it was with a recruiting team at like a very large, like well-known, like international firm. And I distinctly remember, I guess at a very young age, that difference between recruitment and talent acquisition. Recruitment, very much what was happening there that, you know, whoever applied, whoever was basically in the hopper, they picked the best from that list. And I remember, you know, my like 20 year old self or something like that, being on all of these phone screens and listening to them. And at the end, you know, the recruiter that I was job shadowing with for this internship turned to me and said, you know, Penny, and I said, can I pick none of them? And they said, no, this is what the job is. You have to pick at least one. And I remember saying, no, I actually, I just can't, like, I, I just can't pick any of these people. They were lovely for other reasons, but just not, I just knew that they weren't really the ones for the job. And I think that that's kind of when the light bulb went off, that it's like, I could never be in a role, that it was just that, that, you know, said list, here's what it is, you know, you pick the top of the pile and you go from there and just kind of rinse and repeat and continue onward. Whereas talent acquisition in my mind is really, stepping back and looking at it more, I guess, kind of, you know, overall, it's like, how can we create, you know, this pipeline for wonderful people and understanding that, you know, as much as we want to hire and, you know, meet all those goals and do everything that we want to in our business, that sometimes, you know, we've heard it time and time again, that, you know, it's better not to hire than make a bad hire. And I think it's getting people in that mindset of, you know, we need to, if we want to scale at the rate that we are scaling up, um, you know, we need to continually hire only the best of the people to get us there. So for me, you know, talent acquisition is really looking at, you know, cultivating that recruitment experience beyond, um, you know, just who applies. It's like, you know, outreach, um, you know, what is your messaging out there in the market, building it from there and, you know, really finding truly the best people that can really elevate your company going forward. We almost like to call it, you know, kind of to steal on Amazon, but you know, it's the bar raiser. So, you know, if that person comes in your organization, you know, how are they going to raise the bar for you? And I would put that right back on talent acquisition. So, you know, having that mindset of how to raise the bar in the individual that you're hiring, as opposed to, you know, just hiring to check it off the list and, you know, move on to the next position. Got it. Vasella, would you like to add something to Penny's thoughts? Um, I can absolutely agree with what Penny just said. And um, I had similar experience trying to find trying to find people back then when I was not in a position to um, to push myself uh, for the decision of the hiring manager, where I was trying to persuade that hiring 
just a person is not really making any good, neither for the person, nor for the team or, um, or for the company itself. And um, that is why just a couple of minutes ago, I said that uh, hiring the right people is not just hiring professionals or um, a very nice person, but how do we fit this person into the team and in the future of the, of the position and the team? Um, so yeah, that, that's the only thing I can add, but fully agree with what just Penny said. There is something uh, interesting that I know. Interesting that I know that Ryan is passionate about, and uh, I'm becoming also, uh, which is, uh, we see a lot of engineering leaders, product leaders, marketing leaders, sales leaders, but especially the, the technical uh, leaders who usually are not too much comfortable going outside, speaking at conferences, writing medium articles, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and it seems that they are trying to position themselves as thought leaders in their space and really talking about what, why did they move from one company to another, uh, why they are working in a specific skill set on their own, something that mistakes that they have, they, they have done leading their teams, how they are trying to raise the bar. And I know that, Ryan, you are um, very passionate about helping those professionals to communicate better and to attract, position themselves and their own brands uh, in a in, in the best way. So do you have any recommendation to the ones who... No, well, my, my question is, you know, you're using the words like development, developing, raising the bar, and there's this, this cultural awareness that it's not just about putting somebody in the seat. It's about how do we best uh, make this person fit the team and be the best that they can be. But traditionally, I've seen professional development really only addressing half of the equation. And when you have professional development, from what I understand in a, in a historical term, it's teaching people to become better at their jobs. And that makes sense because it's self-serving for the company. You get better at your job, the company makes more money and everybody's happier. But there is this new movement, especially with so many companies and so many opportunities, is I believe employees are looking, what can you do for me outside of just my job position? Because yes, I wanna do as best as I can for the company, but I also want to grow, whether it's a career within the company or maybe I have other aspirations 10 years down the line. But I haven't heard anybody talk about the word personal branding. And I argue that a corporate brand is the sum of all the personal brands within the company. And we know that uh, messages on the actual uh, the brand channels, like from the company, they don't get as much reach as if your company is sharing about all the amazing things that you're doing. So I'd be curious how you incorporate, you know, building somebody in their personal brand and encouraging them to maybe speak on the company's behalf or write on the company's behalf or, or get them comfortable with mentioning the company in inside and outside of what they do at work. But is, is personal branding a dirty word these days when it comes to recruitment? And how does that influence your decision? Because if it's just a, I love the best in the hopper, it might not make sense. Maybe somebody, you see them as, as, the top of the hopper, but we're talking about the people that you're seeking out because they're experts. I just want to know if personal branding is a dirty word and how it incorporates into this idea of development and raising their bar, um, kind of irregardless of their specific job duty, but it all sort of works together, right? So that's where I'm curious. That's a good question. Um, 
in a previous job that I had actually, um, probably like five, six years ago, what we actually did is there were a few people that had very well-known brands for themselves. And even when they came to the company to work, it's like people were like, oh, you know, you work at, you know, so-and-so's company type of deal. Um, that what we actually ended up doing is going through all of our departments and looking at people to be like, you know, how can we help them further create their personal brand? And it was this like small segment of about 12, like 12 people when we had 200 employees or so, and really helping them cultivate it. Because going back to your point earlier that, you know, just to say, you know, dev manager, you should be writing a blog post on this and you're going to be great and it's going to help us, you know, hire and all those wonderful things. We knew that that wasn't really working. Um, so it was like, look at seeking out these people that we were already already advocates in the space and you know making or hoping that they'd obviously be advocates for you know where they work and what they're doing and their team and things like that and building up the message that way you know it's interesting that you mentioned the dirty word part of it because i think that some companies can then all of a sudden worry that you know they're with their brand that they're giving these people you know a platform to you know it's this idea that you know if i give you a really great platform you're going to you know have everyone know who you are and then you're going to go and quit and then i'm not going to have you anymore so i almost want to like keep you in a box and keep you all to myself type of deal i think right. that's obviously like a older approach i don't think that's uh really you know reasonable so i love the idea of creating you know a personal brand and i do find that it's like you know, in those certain segments, it's also a more, you know, genuine approach that comes across as opposed to, you know, the like HR team being like the advocates for all things people at Ecobee. It's like, there's part of it. It's like, sure, that's great. We want that. But then I think on the other side, you know, for any company that it's like, if someone wasn't here, it's like, well, I would only hope that your HR team would be, you know, out there kind of with that message and, you know, really positive about it. So yeah, I'm all for, you know, the personal branding aspect, but I think that there's some education that needs to happen internally at companies. So they don't, you know, see it as, you know, the company is there just to kind of build that person's brand and that fear that that person will leave or something. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm inspired by your comment. There, there's still hope. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Fasella? Ryan, there is definitely hope if you see it like this. I, I think personal brand uh, is not and hopefully will never be a dirty word. And I'll tell you why I'm saying this. In my previous company, there was something we created and I really love and I hope I can also put it in practice um, here in Simple Assurance. We were giving, first of all, um, a platform of the people in the company, those that are already having some kind of... Um, natural leadership position among the team that holds specific knowledge to uh, to have a space where they can share this knowledge with the others. We were calling it knowledge sharing um, process. And uh, this was the place where uh, people could say um, they learned something or they tried something, whether it was uh, um, turning out to be positive or actually a disaster, they could share what, uh, what they experienced and they could share with the others and create more or less um, discussion a discussion panel of how this could be this could be escaped like this 
people not only shared knowledge, but they also learned those that, that were not able to, um, uh, to prepare for giving a small presentation, let's say an hour uh, talk, or um, they learned also how to present in front of the others. And this is what uh, made them feel more comfortable and made them also not only sharing knowledge, but created um, um, a a way the others to to ask them questions and to see them as experts. Mm. Um, previously, you spoke about developing people and how you develop them. I think developing people into experts is one of the most important things that we can do in companies. Because no matter how big we grow, um, hierarchical development is maybe the, the worst thing you can do to a deep expert person who is uh, maybe fantastic in what they're doing, but uh, eventually is lacking or is not interested to, to manage people. And I think the company to host and to, um, to support uh, this personal brand, this is um, even a step before um, talking talking people to uh, to come to a job fair or uh, to an official event where they can say something about the company. Um, because creating the personal brand is uh, just a step before the employer brand that you can create and where people can say, hey, there is a person I want to work with. And mm. that is why I want to join the company. Usually those people are the people that are thankful being in the company, they see their opportunity and they're the least ones um, that are leaving. They do receive a lot of invitations to leave, but um, I think if they're treated well, um, they would rather stay in the company and help. Excellent. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I, I find that the more you invest into somebody as a person, the more loyal they're going to be. And I've been in situations where I would have left a long time ago if an employer didn't support me for my role within and outside the company. So I think loyalty is a big part of it. Okay, great. Michael, back to you. Uh, sorry, I just... I'm always curious that angle. No worries. And it is related with, with the topic of hiring uh, the right people. So, and how do you attract also related with talent acquisition, the right people to the business and also putting the leaders uh, in front uh, or leading the process of attracting the right people to, to the business. So usually, uh, as you know, we run a lot of um, scaling up workshops with leadership teams and we take a lot of time discussing sales and how do we build the system? So how do we build the pipeline? How do we go through the funnel until we got the deal uh, out of our clients? How do we serve our clients, et cetera, et cetera. And it comes to a moment when we need to double in size or triple in size in just uh, the next 12 months that we see, oh, we don't have the same system in place to attract the right people uh, to the business. So, and we need to dedicate much more time uh, to it. So where should we start and how do we build a world-class system to assure that we have a very good pipeline of talent um, to hire at the right time for the business and also developing them uh, to the different seats that the company needs in different moments of time. And also, encouraging our leaders to have the courage to have these tough conversations with the talent that maybe they need to move to another challenge or maybe they are not anymore the right fit for the next stage of growth of the company, especially when they were the ones who helped those leaders to get there. So all the companies should be very grateful for to these individuals. So the question is super long, but where do we start? That, that's the, the final question. 
where do we start? And um, Vesla, uh, do you have any ideas about someone who is finally uh, having in place the, his, his own or her own people leader and is thinking, okay, let's talk less about sales and give also a lot of uh, voice to the people side and to the people function. Because if we don't work on this, we will not be able to attract the talent and retain the talent that we need for, for the scale-up stage. Mike, that's indeed a very broad question, and I will try <laughs> to, uh, um, to give as short as possible answer, even though I got tons of ideas running through my head while listening to you. Where do we start, I think, is um, first of all to know where do we want to go. If a company wants to grow, and if a company wants to grow in a certain way, I think um, it requires, um, first of all, a lot of analysis. Um, where do we want to be, and uh, what, uh, what should be our focus? If our focus is in people and certain type of people that should be hired, I think we should start with that. Or if our focus is to hire um, certain number of people, these two are usually different things. Um, as you said, if I need to double the size of the company uh, that I'm currently working at, I think sometimes, unfortunately, um, uh, I wouldn't say the quality, but it's rather the, the selection uh, could could fail at a certain moment, especially because um, usually companies of our type do not have unlimited uh, HR resources uh, in order to find the right people. So I would go in the rather in the other direction. Uh, what are the type of the people that we want to hire? And as I said in the beginning, we have just um, finalized our learning and development uh, program in which we are having a special attention on uh, talent management uh, is what we call it. Mm -hmm. um, and this is uh, how we attract the right people. On the first place, we created a competency model that is consistent of uh, six competences. These are proactiveness, ownership, passion, professionalism, innovation, and team collaboration. Uh, we made a study in the company and we realized that this is uh, what comes the most um, as important competences that people in the company should have and uh, people the most mentioned as important for themselves, for the um, so we used. Um, you are still in. Yeah. I'm still in. Okay. We, we lost uh, you for five seconds, but uh, we get almost perfect. the entire lesson. So we use these competences in order to create um, a way how to how to find and attract people and um, which of these competences are fitting which of the teams that we are having. We have many different teams. We have more than 20 teams um, that are working at Simple Assurance. So we wanted to make sure that these competences are really well fitting into the, uh, into the teams. And from there, um, we are going to develop, because it is uh, now into the development process, we are going to develop um, a way of attracting the right people, uh, having the competences that, that we need in order to, to support the teams. Um, this was for the part of, of finding the people and where to find the people it is usually our colleagues that are that are supporting the most um, by them suggesting other people, by them sharing with us where are the places where they would look for people, or even creating um, uh, different events uh, where we are showing our expertise and where we can attract professionals who are interested exactly in this expertise that we are having. Um, and that they can they can join us. The traditional uh, posting advertisements, I think, especially for Berlin, um, is not doing a very good very good job. Especially if you want to get really good people um, that are going to make um, a change 
um, in the organization. But I think it's a common work and it's a very hard work and long process um, together with all managers in the company and the different teams uh, where you have the need to hire in order to have um, a common strategy of how to find people. And I will just, as I said, I'm trying to make it short. I'll just finish with saying that with every team, we have a different strategy because um, hiring customer care agents, it's uh, one thing. Um, uh, hiring software engineers, it's a totally different approach uh, that we need to have. And for each of them, we are having different, different way and different teams and people that are involved into this. And we come back to um, alignment, Penny, right? So uh, how long did it take to go from 100 to uh, 500 uh, penny uh, at Ecobee? Yeah, so um, in that time, I would say it took about two and a half years, but I agree with, you know, multiple points that Vesela had mentioned of, you know, really figuring out what your plan is, you know, really heavily looking at referrals. Um, and it's like, you know, the best advice that I can give everyone, it's like, I know that we all want to move really, really quickly. And we should, especially if you need to hire a lot of people, but never underestimate the importance of building a fantastic foundation. Just like many things in life, you know, if you wanted to build, you know, a big house really quickly, um, you know, you need to really make sure that those nuts and bolts in the beginning are really securely aligned. So you can continually build up from there. So, you know, really getting overall organizational understanding of how to scale up really quickly. Um, you know, understanding, I think one thing that I've noticed in my career is understanding lots of people are like, okay, I want to hire, I want to scale. And it's like, great, 50% of your job will now be interviewing, you know, development manager person. And they're like, but wait, no, like I can't spend that much time. And it's like, it's that mindset that, you know, if we want to achieve great things, all of us are going to have to be kind of changing how we've been working um, and really understanding of, you know, how to educate people on the interviewing process, what that really means. And it's not just interviewing people, do they have the capabilities, but do they, you know, exhibit those core competencies and core values of the company? Um, you know, the aspect of, you know, selling someone on a position as well. And it's not just about, you know, say me assessing someone else of, you know, do they fit? Yes, they're in type of deal. But there's so many other factors these days of, you know, how to really, you know, scale an organization quickly that, again, you know, those kind of maybe approaches at 100 people, it just doesn't work um, much more beyond that type of deal that, you know, you have to kind of reinvent um, you know, what you're doing. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you don't just, if you, if you want to move faster, you don't just, you know, kind of run in a hundred different directions. You need to, you know, build a system that really works for you going forward. And then that's when I think that, you know, you'll kind of hit this like great point where, you know, people are aligned on what's going on. You're having wonderful candidates come in, you're building a really flourishing experience for those people as well. And you're able to continue to build on that. Got it. Uh, it always reminds me of um, a quote from Reid Hoffman, uh, who has also an amazing uh, podcast, which is called uh, The Masters of Scale. Um, and uh, he was talking that usually the first 150 people that we hire can uh, kill the company. So it's kind of a little bit 
fundamentalist in, in this topic. Uh, usually you would say the first 50 or some people 10, 20. Uh, he says the first 150, if we don't get them right, uh, it, it's really, it will not help the company to, to scale. And I come back to, to, to a question because at the same time, Reed is uh, a fan of blitz scaling, which means that sometimes we need to have bad management in the company to scale fast and we need to own the imperfection of our systems at that place. And it's normal because it's, it's a scaling up environment and it will never be uh, perfect. How much should we compromise the quality of the people that we bring in? Um, in exchange to, to the scale or to the customer demand that is coming and to be the first in the leading the category that was what the VCs and the investors want us to, to be. So how much can we compromise to, to not be the first and at the same time being the first but uh, having the company imploding after that? I think that's a really fair question because you know it's really easy for a lot of companies to say, you know, well, I would never... I never hire anyone, you know, who I shouldn't, and I'm never going to make a mistake because, you know, that's really relying on, you know, the interview being perfection and perfection does not exist. Um, so yeah, I'd say that um, the things to never waver on are the core values of the individual. Um, you know, I've been in scenarios before where someone's been like, you know, they're just brilliant. They just don't work well with people. Maybe we can find, you know, something for them that they can only work by themselves. Those are the scenarios I'd say, don't walk, but run from. Um, they're the ones, you know, to your example of 150 people sinking, that, that would be it. That, you know, understand that you know, you're not always going to get hiring right. And that's okay. And that's a learning experience because this whole thing is a learning experience, but it's like really understanding of hiring, you know, based on your core values and really understanding what those are. And, you know, it's to the concept as well of like hire hundred percent on core values and really focus on the potential of that person going forward. So if you have, you know, other strong leaders and also very, you know, capable, high performing people that you're hiring, you know, I think that it will and I know it that it will work out. Um, we've had really great people like this at Ecobee as well that, you know, they come into the interview and, you know, they're equally qualified, perhaps less qualified than someone else. But we see all these other attributes that they would bring to Ecobee to really, you know, kind of increase what we're doing. And these people today continue to be some of our highest performing employees, um, you know, working in multiple different roles, you know, now in more senior positions as well. So, you know, don't always feel the need to hire someone who has the longest resume or all of the skills and every piece of education and pass every single test along the way. But it's like, really look at that individual as a human and those core qualities that they're bringing to the organization. And those are the things to focus on and know that, you know, you can teach the skills to do a job, but you can't teach a person personality. Absolutely. Also, always very counterintuitive. And Veselin, uh, what do you think about the, the same question, the, the paradox between scale and uh, compromising on getting in the, the right people on the business. I fully agree with Penny. It happens so many times to try to persuade hiring managers that right now for uh, the hiring for yesterday that they want to do, um, there is no perfect candidates um, 
as of they have in their imagination. But there are um, one or two really good candidates that are covering most of the most important, uh, let's say, technical points that they that they need. But they have a personality that the team loves them, and that we see the potential of developing these people. Um, so I can only I can only add that uh, um, uh, there there that is a, there is a reason uh, why human resources has the the word human um, in it. Sometimes the gut feeling helps a lot. Got it. Perfect. And we are coming to the to the end of the workshop. I would have much more questions to, to go deeper. And I know that you would love to share much more. Um, and we always wrap up the, the podcasts by asking to our guests. Um, and let's start by you, uh, Veselin. Uh, so if you would have the opportunity to talk to your younger self when you were starting at Zippo Insurance or even in a your uh, last challenge or last role, what would you say to yourself? If you just had the opportunity to say one thing, something that you can uh, be better prepared or uh, to inspire you, what, what would you say? Um, since I'm very fresh at Simple Assurance, I'm actually trying to, uh, to do this. But if I need to go back, let's say three or four years ago, uh, I would advise myself to think back. Uh, because sometimes uh, small things, small steps uh, that seems to be ahead, they end up very big. So um, right now I'm trying to, to think big and uh, put a very, um, very big idea in front and uh, try to see how this all is going to develop um, in a much bigger scale than, uh, than it looks like right now. Perfect. Thank you so much. And what about you, Penny? My concluding thought would be balance. So creating a reasonable balance for everything that needs to be done. Uh, I think a lot of people get, you know, kind of caught up in this like rush, rush. I need to kind of, you know, focus on everything all at the same time and make it all perfect. But, you know, and I'd say, you know, this is overall in my life, not just for Ecobee, but it's like realizing that, you know, trying to cover off a hundred things all at once. is just not reasonable, but it's like, you know, taking like a methodical approach to it and creating that balance. And I think, you know, that balance, you know, yields greater results in the work that you're trying to do. And then I also, I think for, you know, the person as well, it creates, um, you know, more of a opportunity for someone to kind of deeply think about things as opposed to, you know, rush to the solution that they feel that they need to maybe by the end of the week, something to that effect. Perfect. So very good advice for everyone who is listening to the, the podcast um, before giving the word back to, to Ryan. Uh, we are always open to get suggestions about upcoming top topics, upcoming panelists to come to the show. And the same with you, Vassal and, and Penny. Feel free to challenge us with new topics and to come back uh, soon to the podcast. It was a, a pleasure to learn so much for, from you today. And word back to you, Ryan. All right. Well, first off, I'd like to note that this is an all-female panel. I'd like to give a shout out to all the ladies out there in 2019. I believe it's going to be a very strong year. And in a new year, we talk about resolutions. That's how we started the show, and that's how we're going to end the show. But I now have a new list list of a new list of things to resolve to do, based on the fact that you want to scale people and you want to scale it in the right way. So you need to resolve to develop people alongside product. 
Resolve to make jobs turn into careers. Resolve to get managers on board with people development because it's not all HR's responsibility. Resolve to choose beyond the best in the hopper. Resolve to develop employees to become experts. Resolve to fit people into teams based on competencies. Resolve to think beyond traditional job listings. Resolve to define and align your outreach based on the specific positions. Resolve to build solid foundations first. Resolve to think big. Resolve to create reasonable balance and resolve to realize that personal branding is not a dirty word. <laughs> so I think there's a lot to unpack here. And what I liked about this advice is that it was, it was this larger foundational scale. And that is what you have to have first before getting caught up in all the nitty gritties of the systems and processes and procedures. So just like my entire uh, brain dump list of things that I have to do in this new year, uh, as you notice, there are highlighted things. So think big, but find out the elements that you need to do now to bring in the right people at the right time for the right job, because it is wrong to hire the wrong person and have to fire them later. You scale, there's a balance between hiring and growth. You've got to realize that we're all imperfect, but the way to work through it is to think big, have that foundation and take one bite at a time. So if you enjoyed this, I would say recap, refresh it, share it, leave a comment, um, and also check out some of the other podcasts that we have. Every week, we bring these heroes, the people who have the capes that you might not necessarily have seen that are behind the scenes to make scaling actually happen. So check out scaleupacademy.io. And uh, yeah, check out the YouTube channel, follow everybody on social. And I'd love to connect with you ladies afterwards. And who knows, maybe I'll come and try to jazz your troops up to, to improve their personal brand so that they're developed, so that they crush it, so that they're loyal, so that everybody grows and scales. All right, so on the count of three here, uh, we will say uh, happy new year. And then that will be the final point for us to disconnect from the world and get back to our jobs. Because for some of us, this is the first day back in the real world in 2019. So on the count of three, say happy new year with me. And then uh, Mary behind the scenes will push the stop button. One, two, three. Happy, happy new year. year. <laughs>